I'm Gary Cole and you're listening to The Football Coaching Life, a podcast brought to you by Football Coaches Australia and Making Media the Podcast Professionals. These are the stories of Australia's men and women, coaches we entrust with the development of our players and teams. In the main, the stories haven't been told. We're honoured today to have an old mate, someone I coached a, a lifetime ago for a season. I'd forgotten about that at Heidelberg. Uh, yeah. Welcome from Yokohama, or should we say Konnichiwa, uh, Kevin Musker. How are you, guys? <laughs> yeah, I'm really well, mate. I'm really well. Let's introduce you. you properly and then we'll jump in and get this going. Um, Muskie, bomber to his mates, um, has had a remarkable football journey. Has played well over 550 professional games of football in the NSL with Sunshine George Cross, a brief stint at Heidelberg and then four or five years with South Melbourne. In the English Premier League for a little while with Crystal Palace in the Championship with Palace, with Wolverhampton Wanderers and with Millwall. In the Scottish Premier League, where they won a treble uh, that year with Rangers, and didn't get to play in a, uh, an old firm derby. I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about that today. Two Youth World Cups, the Atalanta Olympics, over 50 games for the Socceroos. Um, just remarkable. Some of the honours through that playing, um, playing period, three Confederations Cup, two Nations Cups with Oceania, two championships as a player with Melbourne Victory, two premierships, a pre-season cup with the victory, that treble um, with the Scottish Championship, Scottish Cup and the League Cup with Rangers, an FA Cup runners-up medal with Millwall and Dennis Wise. I'm sure there's some great stories there. Um, with South Melbourne and NSL Premier, Premiership, two Doherty Cups and NSL Cup. And then he moved into his, his coaching journey and he's now coached in the A-League, obviously, with Melbourne Victory, in Belgium with St. Truden, Hopefully I said that right. And in the J-League with Yokohama F. Marinus, where he's currently the manager that's just had his contract extended. Huge bloody introduction, Matt Muskie. That's cost you some money, that is. Welcome uh, to the Football Coaching Life, mate. Thanks, Gaz. Your uh, memories are flooding back, mate, but it seems, <laughs> such a, it seems a world ago, all that sort of stuff. But uh, thank you all the same. No, mate, it's, it's great to have you on board. So we just talk it offline. You're, you're back in Yokohama, back in quarantine at the moment. Yeah, um, unfortunately, whilst uh, um, back in uh, Melbourne over Christmas and New Year, over that period, the, uh, as most of the world, the, the, it's the moving parts of this uh, pandemic that we're in. Uh, the, the quarantine period was extended from originally three days when I left to, to 14 days. Um, so uh, it is what it is, and uh, um, we're well versed now in uh, in transferring information as coaches uh, remotely. Um, and I've uh, had good experience before arriving for my back in uh, August, July, August. Uh, so had some good experience uh, throughout that period about working remotely. So uh, it's it's an extension, really, if you like. We started pre-season a couple of days, and um, you know. This day and age, uh, you know, I'm watching training almost uh, almost live, and uh, you know, uh, having meetings with the staff prior to training, and doing everything uh, everything that we'd normally do, but obviously not in person. So, yeah, it's been challenging, but uh, that's all. It is a challenge. Yeah. Now, your big mate Ange Postecoglou has has done you um, a great <laughs> favour in helping you get over there, but but now he's knifed you, mate. He's nicked your he's nicked your number one yeah. striker, Dazen Maeda, who's now on load at um, at Celtic. How do you go about replacing him when it's hard yeah. to get him into the country? Yeah, it's uh, again, it's just uh, 
uh, how things work. And it's, I think that that's sort of, uh, you know, it's like having goal scorers in your, in your team goes there. And, you know, the first thing that happened when I went to St. Trudeau, you mentioned earlier, the first bit of business within 24 hours was selling our top scorer then. Uh, so uh, this time round, when I arrived here, um, same thing, the window opened and obviously we lost our top scorer midway through the season um, when I uh, come in. Uh, in August, July, August, and and the same things happen this window. So hopefully that's the trifecta now. Uh, and every window that comes along, uh, we don't end up losing our top scorer, whoever that might be, at the given time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, good good luck with that. They um, <laughs> those those strikers that score goals on a regular basis don't fall out of trees, do they? No, no. And and you know, compounded to the. Um, to the situation in Japan at the moment, they're not accepting or issuing any new visas, solely current visas uh, and residents who are able to enter the country. So, uh, you know, bringing foreigners into the country at this point in time, uh, there's too much unpredictability about it because firstly, you don't know when uh, they're gonna uh, allow uh, visas to be issued. Secondly, then you've got to go through that process of uh, uh, getting the visa. Then you've got to go through the process of quarantine, whatever that may look like. Uh, yeah. It's mainly been 14 days here. Then you've got to integrate into the side. So at this point in time, our strategies maybe uh, change slightly in, in relation to, you know, as you alluded to, how we replace uh, those goals from, from Dizan. Um, in, like I said, you know, so our strategy now has taken a, a swift U-turn and we're looking at other possibilities and other options. And, and uh, again, it's, it's a challenge and uh, that's all it is, it's a challenge. And rather worrying about, uh, you know, why it's happened or, you know, what we can do, it's, it's about finding a solution. And, uh, you know, we're well down that path at this stage. And um, there's more and more Japanese players, it seems, uh, playing in Europe nowadays as well, Muskie. So the, I'm yeah. sure the strikers are heading on planes to uh, the big team. Yeah. It's very, you know, what I've found, it's, it's, there's, quite, there's been quite a few, but I suppose it's probably hit the mainstream media a little bit more in, in maybe the last six months, 12 months, because there's always been an influx, you know, a huge number of uh, Japanese. And there's a synergy with Australia as well. A lot of players... Uh, have got that ambition to, uh, for intense purpose, better their careers or, or, or whatever it may be uh, from a football perspective and, and, and a financial perspective and, and all those type of things. But I think it's taken a little bit more of a, or a lot more of a, the, the, the mainstream media now with obviously, uh, uh, obviously the players that have gone to the premiership in the last uh, months because there's, there's a high number of uh, Japanese players in, in Germany, in Belgium, but it's possibly not the mainstream media, if you like, so it hasn't had that much attention. But, uh, you know, players going to um, to the Premier League and, and now Celtic taking, uh, you know, three or four Japanese players as well. Uh, and it's it's all about the markets as well because it's, you know, now seen as a market that's really uh, good value uh, for these teams uh, uh, in Europe. Yeah. And I, I guess most people are going to say that the Japanese players are, um, are, are pretty good technically as well. Yeah, without doubt, and you know, we've uh, as a, as a nation, Australia, we've uh, felt that and seen that um, firsthand. Certainly, playing against them uh, all those years ago, uh, I think they've they've started to add uh, a little bit more or more to their game. And you know, you you look at uh, you know Dyson, for example, because I can speak about him firsthand. He goes across to uh, Celtic, and uh, it's not going to be the case where. 
you know, uh, you know, he's going to be pushed around physically, and he's going to find it tough in terms of uh, matching the the, uh, the Europeans in terms of their uh, athleticism or speed. It's you know, he's he, he breaks the mold from that perspective. So there's a number of players who maybe identified, uh, you know, the the pillars uh, that that are needed to to be successful abroad, and he's a classic example of that. Uh, and I've no doubt uh, that he'll be a, a massive hit, and uh, I'm looking forward to. Uh, watching him play, albeit uh, not for Marinos this season. Yeah. Where's Japanese football overall? You, you obviously had a stint um, in Belgium, and we'll, we'll come back to that a bit later. But you, you coached in the A League for five or six seasons. You played obviously for a long while, and, and yeah. when you're in the midst, of the, as I was saying, is sometimes uh, you can't see the wood for the trees. But what, how would you compare? the A-League to the J-League and, and the football in the countries right now? Yeah. Oh, it's, a, it's a difficult one, uh, Gaz, because uh, I think, uh, you know, but being transparent and, and trying to answer the, well, not trying to answer the, the question is, uh, you know, with you know, pure honesty, um, the, the, the J-League actual standard of the competition is, uh, is a very, very high level, you know, without doubt for me, uh, the, the, the best technical and tactical level, level in, in Asia. So it's possibly, uh, and it's got a good head start in terms of the development uh, uh, of the league uh, in terms of how long it's been round and around. And, and they went uh, down a, a different path, as, as you know, you remember, Gaz, you know, there was a huge influx of, uh, of Brazilian players, you know, from the outset. So that set a standard in, in terms of, you know, you can see that, that what type of vision uh, they had for the league uh, going uh, going forward, and you know now we're down, you know, many decades down the track, and and you can see, you know, the first thing you mentioned to me was, you know, technically the, the Japanese players, you know, seem to be uh, superior and and and, uh, and very good, uh, you know, and that comes back to it's obviously you know embryonic stages when there was that influx of, uh, you know, a lot of Brazilian coaches, a lot of Brazilian yeah. players. Um, and that has its uh, positives and, and it also has some things that, you know, as, uh, as we alluded to earlier, that, you know, there's other parts of the game, the physicality, uh, not only strength, but, you know, speed and, uh, and more importantly, repeat efforts and all those type of things that uh, over time I've, I've seen uh, develop. And uh, more recent years, obviously, Ange coming to Japan, you know, had a then, you know, Japanese football took a greater interest for all of us, um, yeah. if you like, me, me in particular. Uh, having uh, you know followed Andrew's career uh, thoroughly, uh, that there's you know there's another thing to the maybe to the Japanese football that maybe is not holding them back but uh, not propelling them uh, forward, uh, and that's the, the conservative nature of uh, of the culture of the people, and uh, and uh, from that perspective, I think in life, I think it's a beautiful thing because it's a wonderful place to live because uh, the way. Uh, the people conduct themselves and, and the culture of, um, of the country and the people in it. Uh, from, a football, from a football perspective as well, you've seen, you know, particularly in the last you know, four or five years, that, you know, that, that was challenged first and foremost by Ange because you know, the, from a footballing uh, uh, relationship, it was, no, we're not going to be conservative. And I can imagine the challenges, well, I do know the challenges speaking to him at the time, that the challenges that, no, we're not going to be conservative and, you know, we're, we're not going to do what we've done previously and because, you know, everyone's doing. And then, uh, but it's got to the point now where 
there, there, there's so much diversity in, in, uh, in the competition in terms of, uh, you know, we, we talk about formations and I get a little bit, uh, you, know, you know, talking about formations is not really relevant, I don't think, but there's so many different formations, but, but more importantly, there's so many different, uh, you know, game models. There's so many different ways, you know, coaches are implementing how they uh, proceed to uh, bring success. So uh, it's becoming very, very challenging from that perspective that the moulds being broken at the moment um, in relation to the conservativeness around surrounding the football, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, thank, thanks for that. Um, we'll, we'll jump into your, your coaching story shortly. The, the one other thing, obviously, you mentioned you're, you're in quarantine again there right now. You came back home for the first time in a couple of years to catch up with your, your family. You're coaching in Japan. That's a that's a choice. You want to grow your, your capability. I, I know you want to coach in Europe. H how is it being a, a professional coach and dealing with the family? I'm, I'm sure you know yeah. it, it's tough even without COVID. But how have you how have you and your family coped with you being a professional coach and, and having the, yeah. the the last couple of years that you've had? Um, it was, yeah, I, I suppose uh, to get a, a real true reflection, you'd possibly have to ask them. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but from from all the feedback I get from them, you know, I've had, the, you know, unbelievable support. And, and I suppose the, the biggest, uh, I mean, because, you know, my partner, Vicky, that's no issue. And, you know, we can yeah. pack up and move whenever whenever needed or whenever wanted, you know, mum and dad, obviously, you know, mum and dad, they support you in the, uh, the good and, and the bad times and all that sort of, but it was more around the, the kids, you know, Olivia and James. And, and that was part of my, um, you know, part of my thinking about, you know, when I, when I decided that, you know, I wanted to, you know, take this adventure, you know, they'd got to an age where, and I could sit down and have discussions with them uh, in relation to, you know, what my ambitions were and, you know, what I wanted to do. And, and the response was great from them. They were at an age where they could really, uh, you know, think for themselves. And it was uh, more along the lines of, you know, that's what you want to do, Dad, follow your dreams and, and all those type of things. And at the time it was, you know, James, and we'll book you a flight. You know, you'll come over in three months uh, and I'll see you in three months. And, and Olivia, you'll come over in November, blah, blah. So that was all great because we had the next 12 months planned out and, uh, and then obviously for, for that period of time, we, we couldn't travel because I arrived in Europe uh, um, late 19 and uh, obviously, you know, early 20, that's when, you know, this, the outbreak uh, commenced and, uh, and hence I couldn't get back. Um, well, I could get back, but I had a fear of not being able to get out. If that, uh, uh, it sounds like I'm crazy, but uh, yeah, they were the rules in place by our illustrious leader. Uh, that uh, getting out of a country was almost impossible. So yeah. we decided to stay in Europe. And uh, like I said, it was, you know, valuable time I got to spend with, uh, with James and Olivia and the family um, over the last uh, month back in Australia. Oh, terrific. Yeah. Well, I hope you, it all works out and you managed to see uh, more, than, more than enough <laughs> of them. Um, I've learned uh, just how important family is to us uh, in recent times. So... Yeah, keep it up, mate. Keep All right, up. let's jump into this coaching journey journey of yours. I know the answer to the first question because I was, uh, I think I'll write the contract, which which, <laughs> which gave you a title as a coach. But how did you get into coaching? Oh, yeah, it was it was that, guys. I mean, it was only when I 
um, you know, was finishing up when I was in the UK uh, and, and decided to come home and, and all the conversations I, I had with you. Uh, and, you know, that was, you know, that it was at that stage then when, you know, and like you said, you know, we had the discussions and it was a part that I wanted to uh, explore um, more. You know, just I thought I had the attributes to, you know, give me the opportunity to, um, to see if it was something I was any good at. Um, so uh, it was, uh, and through yourself as well, of the guidance and, and counsel from yourself that, you know, we, we put things into place where, you know, I could start my uh, badges and my, doing my, my coach education whilst I was uh, playing and, and finishing my career. Uh, and, you know, possibly I thought it would have, you know, happened uh, uh, a lot, uh, maybe a year or two or three earlier, but it, uh, it was probably your fault that I... Uh, uh, <laughs> Played another year and then another year and then another year. So, albeit I get uh, unbelievable criticism for uh, playing, uh, uh, maybe outstaying my welcome uh, too long, uh, I I tend to try and share that blame with you, guys. <laughs> yeah. anyway, we all learn from our mistakes. <laughs> yeah. Did you um, did you do any any coach courses when you were still a pro in, in the UK? No. No, um, and it's, it was one of those things, and you know, maybe we would say to, and you don't really know. Uh, you, you you always think to yourself, oh, I want to, you know, stay in the game. And as a player, I think you start off with saying, well, the next best thing to uh, playing is, you know, coaching. So you start to have those. But when you're playing, I think that if you start, uh, you know, thinking about, you know, particularly, you know, at my age when I was still in Europe, you know, uh, in the UK. If you start thinking about that, you know, are you, you know, diluting, you know, what you should be focusing on, which is your, your playing career. Yeah. Uh, you know, coming back to Australia was a little bit different only because, well, we, you know, there's so much more time uh, on our hands when you get back to Australia yeah. that in terms of the number of games that you play, uh, albeit you're, you're still effectively uh, almost active for 10 months or whatever it is, but, you know, 50% of that, possibly even more, is is a pre-season so uh, um, and you start to start you start to think about uh, what the future looks like um, and I always felt that um, and you know, we will get into it a bit later I always felt that I had um, you know those leadership qualities um, you know because I, I'm you know without doubt you know being a, a coach a head coach you're, you're, a, you're a leader of some form Yep. Um, so it doesn't mean that if you know you're a leader of a team and you're you're a captain that you know you, that's where you're going to fall into. But you know I, I thought to myself, well, you know this is what I want to uh, have a crack at. You know uh, at some point in time. So slowly, and I took took my time as you know in relation to uh, getting my my badges done uh, and just giving it a lot of thought over that period as well. Yeah, it, I'm guessing it was nice. On the, I don't want to answer the question for you, but you. You rolled within a fantastic organisation at the time from playing into an assistant coaching role. Um, got a little bit harem scaring there because you were assistant to, I think, four, four coaches over a, you know, a pretty short period because the, uh, the, the club made some interesting changes and choices. But nice to be able to roll within the same organisation from playing into yeah. a coaching arena where you know the people, you know the culture, you know what's expected. Um, and then yeah. obviously into that your first senior coaching role. 
You're right, uh, Gaz, and they, you know, I took away uh, you know a hell of a lot of learnings from that period as well. And uh, it, it just goes without saying, it's inevitable that you know every organisation uh, is going to go through a period of indifference or or different results or um, whatever it may be. And it just so coincided that. Um, you know, and I was, you know, an assistant coach for a number of years, but, you know, you've been there as well, you know, the, the, um, the influence that I had within that, you know, period of time was, you know, it wasn't, uh, it was, you know, small steps, you know, real, real small steps. And, you know, initially when, uh, you know, I was, you know, had a title, if you like, of an assistant coach, I really wasn't, you know, doing too much at all. It was more about observing and, uh, uh, and understanding and and, uh, and and at the time, you know, understanding what, uh, you know, yourself uh, and Ernie and, uh, and, the, and, and the people that were in charge were doing. And then, as you said, you know, we had a period of time there where there was, you know, it wasn't a great deal of um, stability uh, to be able to attach yourself to someone to, um, to, to learn about, you know, how they... Uh, influence the, the football club with their football, you know, until obviously Ange come along. Um, and that and that was the, the trigger, if you like, that was the moment for me where, um, you know, it really uh, challenged me and uh, it really, you know, provoked me to, um, to get out of my comfort zone uh, and actually, you know, bona fide become, you know, that was the first period of time where I thought, well, you know, now I'm coaching. Yeah. Uh, now, now I'm a bona fide assistant coach. Uh, and you know, I suppose we'll get into that a bit bit later on. But uh, that that period in time was uh, was just one I look back on now, where I crammed in maybe you know for many many years of learning into a short period of time. Yeah. When you uh, on your fantastic professional football career, I, I <laughs> in, in thinking about this. Um, someone, someone asked me. You got to ask Kevin about how, how has he dealt. He obviously had white white line fever as a player, um, but he can't have white line fever as a coach. That's not allowable. And <laughs> I, 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 I was just thinking about Dennis Wise, and Wisey was a little bit white line feverish as well. How, how, have, how have you dealt with that? That that competitive nature that that makes you want to just yeah. everything in you, every fibre in your body wants to win, and and you do that. How how have you? dealt with that personally um yeah i think uh i think i'm possibly in the uh, in a very good place to actually uh influence and and deal with that because as you said um, um I've, I've been through most of the, the those situations that current players or players uh, that i've worked with and Bessart was the the best example you know because uh he was uh, he was probably very like-minded in, in relation to you know his you know win at all costs approach, yeah. um, and um, you know I felt that I was able to strike a relationship with him. And uh, the fact that you know it's the old war story, you know, of telling him you know situations I've put myself in, yeah. um, and how it affected me and how it affected the team, yeah. um, and because I've actually been through that path uh, or walked down that path, uh, I suppose uh, has a, you know, I'd like to think it had a greater influence, you know, particularly on him. And uh, he's, he's still heard, um, but, uh, you know, make no mistake, he was uh, a pleasure to work with, you know, at, at times he was, you know, difficult to, to work with. Um, but, uh, you know, I believe that as a football club and, you know, myself, I believe that I've got the best out of him. 
yeah. and, uh, and 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 he was rewarded personally for that uh, with his performances and and his successes. Uh, but just as important, if not more important, the team and the and the football club was rewarded. Yeah. No, I like that. Yeah. As a, as a player, Muskie, which was there a a particular coach that you thought had the most impact on you? Yeah, it's only, I mean, it's not that you, at the time you think of it, Gaz, because, uh, and, you know, the year of the the era that I was playing uh, and obviously being in the UK, it was, you know, a certain era and, you know, it was, you know, you enjoyed yourself quite a bit as well. Um, and, uh, you know, times changed uh, as, as, as the years have gone by, particularly when I was finishing playing. Uh, so you don't really think of it at the time. Uh, because it's you don't really at that point in time. It's not something that I thought. Well, this is the path. And I think deep down, you know, it was always in 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 the back of my head somewhere saying, well, you know, I, I want to get into coaching. But it's yeah. not something that the front of your mind where you think, oh, I'm going to start, you know, uh, paying attention to, you know, why we're doing that or you know, so, so type thing. So you know, looking back now, uh, there was you know there was influences from near near enough everyone that that I'd worked with. Uh, for different reasons, um, um, you know, because there's, you know, the, the football side of things where you start to develop probably subconsciously, you know, how you like the game to be played and how you want to uh, play the game. There's the, uh, the management side of, you know, managing staff that you probably don't pay any attention to because you're not close enough to. There's the management of, uh, of people, players. Um, and again, you, you're probably more conscious of that because it's directly, you know, the relationship directly with you and the manager, or the manager and a teammate, or the manager and uh, with with somebody that you know speaks in the change room about what's happened. So it's probably a little bit more. So I'd say that um, I learned, you know, uh, or looking back now, I'll take learnings from because at the time I didn't know I was learning. I'll take learnings from. Uh, you know, quite a few of the coaches that I worked with. I think from a from a tactical, from a purely football uh, perspective, uh, and I had the uh, you know pleasure of working with uh, Terry Venables. Um, and you know, looking back now um, uh, at you know what we were doing and and the way he trained and the way that he communicated, uh, you know, a lot of that stuff resonates with resonates with me yeah. because. We done things differently from a football perspective, and and now looking back on it, you can put the pieces together. Oh, that's you know, like that's why that's how he liked to play, and and that's why we train like this. And yeah. uh, so there's 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 many things from from different coaches uh, uh, over the years um, that look, looking back on now that I you know still got some. Uh, my memory's not great, as you know, Gaz, but I've still got some uh, some things that flash, you know, through my, my my bank, my memory bank, if you like, that uh, uh, has helped me, uh, I suppose, become the the person or the coach that I am. I think I read somewhere in, in doing some background stuff for this that you um... don't believe everything you read, Gaz. No, of course not. That's why I'm that's, that's why I'm doing a, a fact that's check. How <laughs> that's how perceptions are created. Knowing knowing how competitive you are, that season at Rangers where you won the treble, <laughs> Alex McLeese wouldn't pick you in an old firm derby. Oh, yeah. Now I, everyone wants to know why that was and what you learned from that because you did. You've said in the media that you learned from that. <laughs> well, the truth is only he only he knows. But I've uh, uh, probably like the article suggested. I've got a fair idea. Um, <laughs> Uh, it was yeah. Looking back now, you I mean, there's no regrets. I had an unbelievable year in, uh, 
in Glasgow and, uh, you know, got to play uh, with, uh, you know, my best mate and uh, got to play with Craig Moore and, and played in a really, really good team and, uh, you know, exceptional, exceptional footballing team, and, uh, you know, going up there. And the first one, actually, like the first game, uh, long story short, guys, anyway, I played the first, I can't remember, you know, six, seven, eight, nine games, whatever it was, and uh, we'd won all the games. The next game was the old firm game and uh, he, uh, I was rooming with Maury uh, we were in a hotel the night before. Anyway, game day comes. We're going down for the meeting. The phone rings. Maury answers the phone and he says, oh, the gaffer wants to see you in his room. So I went up to the gaffer's room and I'm, you know, at this point, I'm thinking, wow. And he goes, anyway, just told me I wasn't playing, basically. You know? So anyway, I had to, you know, take that in the chin. Uh, you know, the reasoning, the reasoning, you know, for uh, at the time, the reasoning was, you know, he wanted to play the, the fullback that played in the cup final the season before or whatever. So I got a long-winded... Um, and if anything, that's the only thing that, again, you know, that I've, I've learned from it's helped me, I suppose, uh, you know, be the person that I am now. That uh, I, I believe that, you know, walking away from that, I thought, you know, that, that, that can't be right. You know, like there's, there's more to that, you know. And, and if anything now, uh, it's, it's taught me and, you know, the way I like to... The, the truth stings... The truth stings like hell, Gaz, but uh, it heals quickly. Um, whereas, you know, not the truth or, you know, something close to the truth that cuts and, and, and lasts a long time. Yeah. So that's, you know, helped me, you know, be the, uh, or to help me uh, understand, you know, what the players prefer and, and how to, you know, keep that respect and, and, and uh, integrity intact. Yeah, that's no, so the whole trust issue thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So then, what? By the way, sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. I got myself back in the team. Quick story. <laughs> and then he done it to me again. <laughs> so uh, at that point, I thought, well, uh, clearly, obviously, and I can understand. I've had a conversation with him, uh, with Alex McLeish from the. Uh, well, it was a couple of years ago when I was back in London, uh, and. He didn't, I, I didn't put him on the spot to go into the detail, but I, I sort of said, look, uh, you know, it's clearly, it's clear that, um, uh, you know, you couldn't trust me or you didn't think you could trust me. So I understand now being a manager myself that, you know, you, you have to make these decisions. And I think he appreciated the, the fact that I, I actually brought it up and, uh, yeah. and uh, yeah, we moved on. And, and, and now that being a coach, I understand that, uh, you know, you have to make these decisions based on what you think's best. And, and, and yeah. that, that's the way he went. Yeah, and not not too shabby. You still got three three medals at the end of the season. Yeah, it was a good uh, timing. It's all about you know uh, yourself being a goal scorer, Gaz. Uh, if your if your timing's not right, you don't get the biscuits. And uh, I had a my timing was uh, perfect, impeccable uh, when I went to Rangers. Very good. So then, Musky, what is coaching? Yeah, Gaz. Um, you know, ultimately. Uh, you're you're in a position if you're if you whatever you're coaching or whatever you're doing you're 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 seen as the first leader. Um, so uh, at that point in time, everything you say, every action uh, that you make, uh, there's a group of people uh, as the first leader um, that uh, are looking at. So from from that perspective, uh, you're a, a communicator, um, and you're you're basically transferring information and the information is obviously the knowledge uh, that you've built uh, based on you know your your game style or your philosophy and and, and, and all those things but but ultimately uh, uh, you're you're somebody who's 
delivering that information and communicating with people. So in its purest form, in its rawest form, you're uh, actually teaching. You're, you're, you're trying to uh, relay information from an idea, um, what uh, your vision from an idea to people. So you're communicating. So ultimately for me, coaching is about uh, relationships uh, and people. Uh, it's pure as simple as that. So uh, it's it has so many synergies to everything else that we do in life because you know whether it's not coaching, it's everything revolves around relationships. Yeah. So ultimately, for me, uh, you know, it's it's understanding first of all, gain that knowledge and experience. And knowledge can be uh, confused, I, I think, as because you know uh, just because you've. Uh, you know, a certain age or you've watched a certain amount of games and yeah, that says you've, you've, experienced, you've experienced those events. Yeah. But, you know, what knowledge have we taken out of those uh, uh, events? Uh, because, uh, so, you know, I try and distance myself from experience and, you know, I go down uh, the knowledge uh, road a little bit more. So it's, you know, tra how do I transfer this information to a group of people where, uh, they uh, can absorb what I'm saying because ultimately I'm building an environment here uh, where it's it's about them and giving them the opportunity to be the best that they can be. And if they feel uh, as as a person, and they feel that they've got a relationship with uh, with me, that um, my intentions and my sole intentions are to provide an environment that you can be your best in, or anyone can be their best in. Uh, it gives you a greater opportunity uh, to be able to transfer that information than the level of, you know, the way you transfer. And, uh, and, and I'm going through uh, a different situation at the moment because uh, I don't speak the, the language and most of the guys don't speak, uh, most guys don't speak English. So there's another layer to that there, but it starts uh, as a, it starts from way back what I said earlier. It's about, you know, that the, everybody in that room, classroom, dressing room, whatever it is, needs to, feel that you know they're in the best environment for for them to be the best they can yeah. and then the rest obviously is communication um, and the way you communicate uh, I, like, I like that a lot mate thanks for that the, the uh, i had that there as, as one of the questions that the 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 whole you not speaking japanese and, and they not yeah. speaking english means there's interpreter or interpreters involved mm. one of the things that went through my head is that you say something um, the translator translates that and the <laughs> players hear it. How, how as a coach, can you be sure that the, yeah. the, the way it's being translated or the message as it comes from you gets delivered with that same mm. sort of emphasis? Can, can you do that? Is, is that something that you've gone, oh, look, yeah. I'm pretty sure I just said, told him it was red and they're yeah. looking at him like it was green. Yeah. And then to take that a step further before I answered your question, Gaz, and then taking the human element to that where, you know, you might be uh, wanting to be slightly more, I might want to be slightly more assertive or yeah. I want to be slightly more passive because the individual I'm talking to or the group of people. And then you're asking somebody to also, you know, become some sort of actor because you're asking not only to transfer uh, information, but travel it, transfer it in a, in a certain emotion. So uh, it is with uh, great difficulty. And, and, and I had long conversations with uh, uh, Ange and, and other people about this. The translator is, um, 
is key and it's it's fairly important uh, yeah. uh, obviously the the actual message getting across you know all our all our meetings are recorded um so there's uh, a number of other people that do uh, watch the yep. the meetings uh and then uh, you know sports directors you know one of the sports directors a great support he speaks you know very good english so he's watching so uh, there's less room for uh, how can you say mis misinterpretation or yep. misdialed and you know, fortunately for me, the Yuchi, the translator here, he's he, he's had a um, he had a career in, in football, um, yeah, and right. so he, he loves he loves the game. He's not just a translator; he's a football translator, so to speak. So he loves the game, and and he actually loves the team, and he, he's bought into the everything about the way we play, and you know the, what you know the way we press and whatever we do, and so he doesn't need any encouragement. In terms of the emotion, he, he's you know he's well in tune uh, with that. Very very hard to find, uh, but very important. Very important. No, I like that, Muskie. You're you're still young in coaches. You know you've got yeah. we've got we go to the same barber. Obviously, uh, Dave <laughs> made it. You know he and he share a barber as well. Maybe that's a club thing. I'm not quite sure, but it's my choice. <laughs> How has your coaching changed and evolved so far? Yeah. Has your coaching changed and evolved so far? It has to. It, it has to, guys. It, it would be naive of, of anyone uh, not to think that their coaching has evolved because, uh, you know, first and foremost, society's changed, and uh, you know you're, you're dealing with different, uh, uh, you know, different era of, uh, of people in the, the current crop. You know, the younger boys coming in now that uh, you know, 17, 18s, 19s, or you know, uh, you know, culturally and and just socially a lot different to you know how you know the th so you, you've got to feel that and you've got to absorb that and and, and you've got to adapt to it um yeah. so you, your your delivery and your coaching has changed but you know ultimately and it also changes guys because not only the people but football changes you know there, there's trends that uh, are happening so you know if you stood still you're being taken over so it's the same thing with with your coaching you have to evolve of course there's um, you know some principles and 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 the way I uh, like to see football played um, that you know remain constant and uh, and they always will be uh, yeah. because um, ultimately it's you know if I start wavering on those things then you, you don't deliver anything with with belief uh, and you know what it's like when you're in a uh, when you're in a room full of people and you know uh, belief can be sniffed out you know from a very very long way away. So, uh, you know, so the moment you, you know, trying to deliver something or trying to build something uh, and you don't possibly believe in it, uh, yeah. be sure that everybody can notice it. Yeah, no, I agree. People, people pick up on that stuff. For sure. Easily. So, no, that's good. Thank you. Mm. Muskie, I, I, I've sort of assumed that, that Ange has been a bit of a mentor to you only because of the, the sort of journey that, that you've gone through and followed. Yeah. Is, is he a mentor? Is he someone that you can pick up the phone to on this? As, sorry, as a back, just press pause for a sec. As a bit of a background, that's one of the questions that we've asked on this show over the years. And mm. it, it, it's incredible. Some, some people have had, you know, a mentor. Some people have had two or three people. Some people have had people within football. Some people don't want someone within football, but they, they talk to someone that helps them with leadership and culture outside. And other people go, no, no, I haven't done that. Um, yeah, I might. You know, 
it, it just varies so wildly. So it's it's a really interesting question about, you know, is there, have you had someone in your journey where you can pick up the phone and, and have a good conversation yeah. about football and, and know that they've got your best interest? Yeah. I, th I think, uh, well, for, for me, guys, you know, uh, you know, being a mentor um, is, you know, someone that, the uh, definition for me is someone that you can trust implicitly uh, and, you know, can, can give you counsel. Yeah. Uh, so without doubt, you know, uh, my family, my father, my mother, you know, and it's not footballing mental and yeah. stuff, but it's naturally just, you know, obviously they've had a great influence on who I am as a person. So, um, you know, there's, there's that side of things where it's, you know, from, from, a, from a character perspective and from who I am, but from a football perspective, without without doubt, without doubt, you know, um, you know, Ange, you know, I'd uh, certainly call a mentor, and um, you know, I've been certainly grateful for that. Um, I suppose, uh, uh, can you say, you know, I can pick up the phone at any any day, any time, any hour, and knowing that, uh, you know, he has an interest in in what I do and how I go, and he, he follows. Uh, some some of the times, you know, it goes to the point where. Um, you know, I'll, you know, pick, wake up and see a message on the phone and, you know, Ange just sent a message, you know, his time at 6, 6.30 in the morning or something. Mate, watch that game yesterday, like, in, a, out of nowhere, you know. So, yeah. it, uh, without doubt. And and also for the fact that, um, you know, going back to what I said earlier about uh, Ange, when he come to the football club, I was fortunate enough from an outside, you know, have a look <clears throat> at what he was doing at Brisbane and how he uh, revolutionised and I don't use that word lightly, Australian football, um, what he was doing in Brisbane. And uh, and at that point in time, as you said, you know, we had different years and, um, you know, there was one or two opportunities where I was, you know, sounded out whether I wanted to interview for the job and I just yeah. didn't feel it was right. And then uh, waiting for the next coach to come in and, you know, like it was one of those, and, you know, we'd gone through a few in the last, in that two year period. And then, and then Ange comes in and, oh, well, they, they told me that, uh, you know, Ange is coming in and he's got a job. And uh, and that's, you know, when it penny dropped to me, I said, first and foremost, I've got to uh, make sure that I'm I'm going to be here when he gets here. Because, yeah. you know, as as we know, that, you know, sometimes your uh, coaches bring in their own people. But fortunately, Ange, uh, I still remember the first conversation. And then fortunately for me, he... Um, you know, I was part. I was going to be part of his team, and uh, and that's when I made the decision based on you know where I wanted to go, and you know, loosely being an assistant and all those things. And then, you know, I thought to myself, well, you know, from from what I could see, and you know, I love football, as you know, Gaz, and yeah. really passionate about uh, a way of playing football. Um, and I won't just say attacking football because attacking football can be uh, derived in many, many, many ways. There's a certain yep. style as well within attacking football that I appreciate. So I thought to myself, mate, when this, when Ange gets here, you know, I've had some history with him and he was a coach when I was a young boy uh, when I left uh, uh, Heidelberg with you guys. Uh, so I had a relationship, but you know, over the years, period of time, I didn't have a great deal of contact with him. And yep. I just made a concerted effort, right, if... If you know, I'm going to truly find out if this is what I want to do now, um, and, and if I want to become a coach. And uh, I said to myself, right, I'm going to immerse myself. I'm going to take myself out of my comfort zone. Uh, I mean, uh, Angel would call back, and I remember that. You know, I've I've heard stories from Angel that you know people say that you know I was sat in a flight with him for 15 hours and he didn't say a word. 
you know, I've heard many people say, well, I didn't really give him the opportunity because I was asking questions and, you know, I was following him to, I just immersed myself in his world uh, whilst, you know, being an assistant coach because uh, I wanted time, because everyone can see, you know, you know, Brisbane played a certain way and Ange, Ange played a certain way. But the next question for me that was, you know, how do you do it? How do you implement this? Because, yeah. you know, it, it can't just be an idea. You have to, you know, the idea has to come to fruition. So that's where it all started for me, guys, where, you know, I immersed myself in annoying him. Uh, and maybe, you know, the, um, looking back at it now, you know, the relationship I've got with him, uh, maybe he could, you know, that triggered in him, you know, how, how much I was wanting to learn and how much, uh, how far I was wanting to go. Yeah. Uh, so that 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 started the whole you know wheel in motion for me, and I also knew as well in the back of my mind I've been around the game you know for a few years, and I thought he, he's not going to be here forever. He, he's not going to. In fact, he's not even going to be here for a long time. So uh, I didn't think it was going to be the year and you know, months that he was there. But uh, so I thought I'm not going to waste a moment here. Uh, and you know I went on a journey with him, and you know he he decided to play without a striker that year. And everybody, again, was thinking, well, what's this? And we were playing some, but fantastic football. But from what was, I was more inquisitive about the, the process of how the, the we implement that into a team for it to look like this idea. Uh, and, and that's where I got unbelievable um, um, uh, learnings from, from that season with him, amongst other things, like I said, following him to press conferences. He'd turn around sometimes and he'd bump into me and he must be thinking, I, I just... Uh, uh, followed him around everywhere. Uh, I, I love it. Thanks for that insight. Thanks for sharing that, mate. That's that's terrific. Yeah. I think one of the other things that, that I really wasn't aware of till I um, spoke to him, did a bit of research. He's also because of the way he was sort of treated, um, you know, after he, he had the young Socceroos and then the infamous mm. incident with them. Um, uh, on SBS and, you know, he had to go to Greece to, to get a coaching gig and came back and found mm. it really hard to get a job again. He's gone out of his way to give young Aussies, young Australian coaches opportunities, you know, taking people across yeah. the and his assistants and that, um, which is, which is you know, an, another, well, it's, it's a great pat on the back for Brands and just the, the way he is and the, the legend that he continues to, to, to build and grow, yeah. you know. And that that that'll be uh, amongst other things. That'll be part of the legacy that he leaves uh, beyond. Because uh, you know, all of a sudden he inspired uh, over a period of time. Even the coaches that he hasn't worked with directly, uh, I assume there'd be many you know coaches reaching out to him uh, yeah. because he inspired a, a generation. You know, he's the single most reason he inspired a generation of uh, coaches, if you like, uh, on a, on their own journey. Uh, through his vision and through his football. Um, so, uh, you know, I couldn't be any more grateful for the opportunity to work with him and, and still to call him uh, a friend and, and, as you mentioned earlier, a, a great sounding board and a mentor. Yeah. Oh, thanks. thanks for sharing that, mate. How about other sports, Muskie? Have you used... Um, yeah. Is anyone from other sports? Is there any... Have you done any research or looked at other sports and the way they go about doing what they do? Yeah, I, I have, um, and fortunately, um, as you know too well, being in the, the environment we are, we were in Melbourne there, um, I've become fairly close with, uh, with Craig Bellamy. Um, uh, you know, he'd, uh, you know, annually he'd spend some time with us, you know, three or four days with us and, uh, and, and, and 
and I'd do the same three or four days with them and uh, just to the bouncing. I, I struggle, not struggle, struggle's not the right word. I don't, um, I have my, my love for football far uh, outweighs um, any room really to, to really get into any other sport. I'm, I'm not yeah. really, I, I like them all. I like every sport, but I, I don't really, you know, get into it where I'm really passionate or like any other sport. Yeah. So I find it hard from a, from a sports perspective to uh, engage. And, but from a, from a you know, cultural perspective and the way you conduct yourself in a life perspective, without doubt, you know, I, uh, you know Frank Panisi is another one, Gaz, you know, spending, you know, at the Melbourne Storm, you know, these guys have got unbelievable knowledge and it might not be about, you know, how to keep possession of the ball or how do we transition the ball, but it might be about, you know, you know how do you get the best out of him and, you know, issues they've had with, you know, person A and and how they went about that. And uh, and I know that for a fact that you, uh, yourself as well, that they, they've got a, such a strong environment that, uh, a strong environment, strong culture, uh, where it is a people first environment that, you know, we transferred and, you know, I understand we say we transferred into, you know, our organisation when we were at Victory. Yeah, no, it's, it's a remarkable culture and, and, and one that just keeps being successful. You know, yeah. they're also governed by a salary cap, which makes life difficult to get, you know, exactly who you want, when you want. But their their ability to keep doing it year in, year out is, uh, mm. is quite remarkable. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. Um, so, Muskie, why do you do it? Why do you coach? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, there's a little bit I touched on it just there, that, you know, it, it's, it is my passion. It's the one thing that... Um, you know, outside of family that uh, that really encapsulates me and, and, and really gets all my attention. I, I mean, I've loved it from a from a uh, I've loved the game from a from a very young age, uh, and a lot resonates to you know Ange's story as well. You know, Ange speaks. I keep coming back to Ange because you know about his father and his family, and you know coming across was you know the generation that I did as well my pet family and a lot of what he speaks about his father you know resonates with me and, and many yeah. other uh, coaches and, and players through that uh, through that era with uh, players coming coming across uh, with families coming across to Australia but I, I don't know I just uh, I feel comfortable uh, like I said I, I wanted to uh, ascertain myself whether you know I had the attributes to uh, you know, be able to influence a group, uh, yeah. be able to, uh, you know, be, um, I don't want to say good at it, but, uh, you know, become, you know, be, make a career out of it. That's probably a better way to put it, make a career out of it. Um, and just, it, because the, the game, apart from obviously my family, the, the game and my family's been involved in every uh, part of my career, that it's, it's, it's given me so much joy and it's given me, um, uh, you know, everything that revolves around, you know, whether it was as a kid going to a, uh, you know, a christening or, you know, it had to revolve around the game or we can't have the party at you know, 10 o'clock on Sunday because right, we, we got a game. Like everything revolved uh, around football. And, uh, and now I, I look at it now and, you know, why do I continue to do it? You know, I, I still get the, the rush, you know, to, uh, to uh, be in an environment where, you know, you see people, um, better themselves and you see a group of people um, you know be successful and and you know success can be measured in many different ways and I think when you talk success you you've really got to understand the definition of success uh, at that moment in time to to be able to uh, really enjoy it 
So I think for me, it's, uh, it, it's, it's an opportunity to be involved with a group of people, like-minded people to be able to propel uh, and uh, give an opportunity to people to be the best they possibly can, uh, hopefully through the knowledge that I've gained, uh, be able to transfer that a lot, uh, up to a team. Yeah, no, I like that, mate. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, you had a, um, a few challenges during your playing career. When you left Melbourne Victory, you got to do that under your, uh, under your own terms. Not, not, not a lot of coaches have that opportunity to determine when the right time to walk away is. And then mm. the exact opposite of that at, at St. Truden in Belgium, where yeah. you know it all finished after 13 or 14 games. Mm. You are, I would say, that you are a resilient character. But how important has resilience and developing resilience been for you as a person? Mm. And, and, and how do you go about you know, instilling that, making, mm. helping the players to become more resilient. Yeah. It's a little bit more than 14 games, guys, but... Sorry, No, because the first six months I was effectively... Oh, actually, not, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad I messed that up because I've got a question about no, that. So yeah. I'll, I'll come back. My, my first, mistake, my apologies. The first six months I was effectively not on paper the head coach, but I was effectively... Yep. running the football team. So uh, anyway, it doesn't, it's not, I understand the question, but uh, I, have to get that, I have to get that off my chest because I keep reading 14 games. Guys. <laughs> you can tell, you can tell it's not been annoying me. Eh? No, 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 not, not, not at all. Would you like me to rephrase that question, Musket? No, no, all good. Um, of, of course, Gaz, uh, I mean, uh, you know, you touched on earlier, the relationship I had uh, and I'd like to think I've still got with the football club was was deep and and it was, you know, it was hard um, for me to, uh, as you said, I still had a year on my contract and um, and it got to the point where my kids were at a certain age, like I said, and got to the point where, you know, I'd grown up and, you know, growing up, I thought, you know, my only dream was, you know, because watching the FA Cup finals at silly hours in the morning with my dad and, you know, that's, you know, almost at the start, that's all the football we could watch. And, yeah. you know, my, my dream was to go and play in Europe, you know, and particularly go and play in England. At that time, that was my dream. That's what I did. Yeah. And then, so I go across and I do that. And then it started, you know, dawning on me, well, you know, the kids are getting older now and I can have these discussions with the kids and you know, I've almost, you know, I've got their blessing. They want dad to fulfill his ambitions and his dreams. Yeah. Uh, so I thought, you know, I want to give this a crack. Uh, I want to give it a crack. So I was almost, you know, reliving my youth. I'm, you know, yeah. I want to go across whether it's Asia or Europe. And then and then to take the, you know, what I did do, I, I said, well, you know, I've, you know, I've possibly at this point in time, we've created what we've created and uh, the club's created what they've created. I've been a part of so long. Uh, and it's possibly at a time where, not that I you know, t uh, can't take them any further or anything like that. It just, I just had a feeling that, you know what, you know, we've created such an expectation here uh, that I just felt, yeah, I, I couldn't win. Uh, and uh, it was, and I, I love that, guys, because, you know, you know me more than most, that uh, I actually thrive off the fear of failure, you know, ra rather than uh, thrive off the uh, trying to win. You know, I thrive off the fear of failure. That's, uh, I mean, people say that's crazy, but I, I genuinely felt that. And, and I thought to myself, well, do you know what? Uh, the unconventional way is to go overseas when you haven't got a job. So uh, let's do that. 
you know, uh, and, uh, you know, I spent a long time at the club and, uh, and built some unbelievable, you know, friendships and relationships. And, uh, and ultimately, in the end, it was, uh, you know, mutually agreed after quite a few discussions that this was best for everyone. Uh, so we just packed up and we went and lived in London and re-networked myself. And I took a, a massive leap of faith and I thought, well, you know, my age and, you know, I'm going to give it a crack. And so pandemic, uh, no, I ended up getting, uh, uh, I ended up speaking to a couple of clubs in England and then this opportunity come up in, uh, in Belgium. Uh, and the, the emphasis of that was that, you know, they... Uh, wanted to change the way they were playing, wanted to change the, the and uh, and through our, uh, it come about through all our um, uh, competitions in the ACL and through Asia, we you know, playing against the Japanese teams, particularly a Japanese company bought the, the club and anyway, they wanted to go down this path and, you know, we arrived there and we, you know, flipped things on its head and uh, we uh, we avoided relegation quite comfortably, you know, when, when I arrived, they were, um, and then it was a massive learning point as well because then, you know, we, we wanted to take the, continue on the path and, you know, of this football and, but obviously there was so much more to, to the road was only, you know, we just started, we were taking baby steps and, yeah. and in that summer, you know, recruitment didn't really go as planned. Um, uh, and whilst we were in that, you know, recruitment, you know, one bit of learning, we were pre-season, we prepared so well, you know, pre-season went unbelievably well and, uh, and we we'd lost one game throughout pre-season, so the 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 people in powers to be thought, well, we don't really need to sign. We can you know save some money here, and then uh, you know obviously, but the team we we prepared really well, and we were going really well. We still needed a little bit of a push, in my view, and and ultimately you know we we didn't bring anyone in because we were so good in pre-season. And uh, I tell you what, guys, I'll never win every game in pre-season ever again, mate, because. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the, yeah, the season started and was tough, but from a football perspective, it was sort of divided because there were certain people uh, that got me to the club that could see because, you know, ultimately most people only analyse result. That's just, that's just how it is. But the people that got me there could see that the building blocks and, uh, you know, even to the point where, uh, you know, I was sacked, you know, the, the three games, the three games, the performances were uh, in isolation, very, very good. Uh, but the results uh, didn't match. So uh, ultimately, uh, there was a little bit of a divide within the club. And, uh, and But would I change it, Gaz? I, I would, it, uh, it gave me an opportunity, as I said to you earlier, about uh, the implementation of uh, a vision, the implementation of a, a style of football. It gave me an opportunity to, uh, to do that. And, uh, and for all intents and purposes, it was, uh, uh, I look at it uh, and I, I think to myself, it was a success. You know, everyone can see you and say, oh, well, you failed. Uh, and ultimately, I say, well, you know, those speed amps, that, that moment in time was only a moment in time to ultimately get to me where I want to go. Yeah. Uh, and I used it for that because I, 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 I look at it and I go, well, you know, it was successful because I took so much learnings out of it. So, um, yeah, it is what it is. And it was a, yeah, it was a, it was, it was really, really enjoyable time. Good. I love that. I love the learning aspect of that because it doesn't matter what you do in life, what walk of life it is, the, the learnings yeah. are in the when things don't work. You know, well, it's, it's it also Gaz, it's so, you know, the easiest thing to do, which doesn't cost you any uh, energy or doesn't give you uh, a drive, you can just say, oh, it's because of him and because of him and this was no good and that was no good. 
And then you're almost like not looking. So I looked at the other way. Well, this was good. And yeah, that was good. So, you know, and, and we've done this well. And, you know, so taking the positives out of it, because it's, it takes the same amount of energy to look at a problem, uh, to look at a problem uh, as to look at a solution. So, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, every day of the week, uh, choose to use my energy on, on looking at solutions and the positives. And that's just, that's just uh, who I've built myself to be. Good on you. You, you um, nudged me before about that, your first six months at, at St. Truden, um, yeah. when you had to be a TD. You, you yeah. go, go on a coaching journey through your CBA licences and then go on a pro yeah. licence, which I think was worth about 15 grand or, or whatever. And then you want to go mm. and live the dream and coach in Europe. And lo and behold, um, UEFA says, no, your qualifications are uh, an art to scratch. Yeah. How does how, one? How does that make you feel? And two, how did you work your way through that to a point yeah. where you finally got them to agree to to let you um, coach? I was actually, I was actually, I think I was actually quite lucky. I've not had this conversation with the the owners and the CEO, but the fact that the owners were Japanese and the CEO and the sports director were Japanese. Uh, when when they offered me the job, it's you know because they asked me about my licences, and the assumption was that uh, it's the it, it qualifies because in Belgium, if you haven't got the pro UAC pro licence, you can't sit on the bench, you can't take interviews, you can't it's 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 set in stone. Uh, yeah. So anyway, when uh, eventually they uh, the Belgium if they go, well no, this doesn't get recognised uh, this licence. There was almost, I felt there was almost an element of, you know, well, this is it's discrimination, you know, like, yeah. and, and the fact that uh, the, uh, the owners were Japanese, like, uh, they, they were, they were, you know, supported me through it. But the first six months, you know, I was hindered because behind closed doors, you know, I could, you know, do most things and especially within the staff room. But, you know, it was, it was a difficult period. But again, it was, you know, I could sit and say, oh, this was, you know, this is the reason and that's the reason. But, you know, it taught me so many other things. You know, my communication skills had to be different. The way I'd, So I, I got so many positive things out of it. Why would I worry about, oh, this is the reason I got sacked? You know, yeah. it doesn't enter my, my thought process. But basically, I had to go through a process uh, with, because I actually uh, got on the Welsh Pro Licence. Yeah. Uh, they accepted me on this Welsh Pro Licence, um, uh, but uh, in UI in in Europe, that what Wales have to then register the candidates to UEFA. UEFA then come back and says he's not allowed on the Pro Licence because he's not qualified uh, because you need at least uh, the equivalent of a uh, you need at least the uh, you need the uh, UEFA A and the AFC Pro is not even the equivalent of the UEFA A anyway. So. They rejected that, uh, that. So then I had to go through a process where I had to uh, apply for an interview. So I had to ask for an interview. There's a certain uh, a big criteria that you have to yeah. qualify for to uh, be granted this interview. I, got, I was granted the interview. I'd done the interview, you know, two, three hours of talking football. And the next morning, two mornings later, I, uh, I received what's called a, a certificate of competence. It's... Uh, it's the equivalent to the UEFA Pro license, but it's not the UEFA Pro yeah. license. So, yeah. uh, but that that you know took you know four months, five months that whole process. So it was it's very frustrating uh, because sure. at the same time I'm trying to you know lead a team here away from relegation. So, but in the end it was uh, it all ended well. Yeah, what we like good outcomes. Yeah. So uh, what have been some of your most enjoyable moments so far? Uh, I mean, I think you you always uh, 
you always, you know, reference back to, you know, when when you're successful or when you win things. Uh, but you know, I can I could single-handedly say there's two parts to it. You know, the whole the, the enjoyable parts now, the process to, uh, as I said, create an environment where people feel uh, they're in the best environment to for themselves to be the best possible uh, person player they can be. So that that for me is uh, the very one of the most enjoyable uh, parts to it, where uh, people are actually entrusting you uh, uh, and the environment, the, the the program that you're providing. To, uh, for them to become the best they can be. There's no doubt, there's no better feeling. Of course, uh, we can go back to, you know, the definition of success. It's, you know, successful for everyone is winning. But then when you peel it back, 95% of people will be uh, the result. And then, you know, underneath that, you know, there's the layers of, you know, the process and, you know, that, 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 that side of success uh, for me, you know, picking something up and continue on, you know, the continue on something and trying to better something in terms of the way, uh, you know, we play and the enjoyment you give people uh, is a huge part. And, and the other side, guys, I can reflect on one moment and, uh, and it wasn't um, until, you know, the second championship I won as a, you know, in, against, um, for victory. I really, that, that year there um, was... The first time really it dawned on me because mate, I was now, uh, you know, well entrenched at the club and managing, you know, a great wide range of people and had relationships with every department in the football club. Uh, and it was only then that year there where I actually, because as a player, you win something, mate, you have a night out and it's great. And then the, the team gets dispersed and it's never the same team again. So you, you move on to the next one. But the, the joy that I could actually see and how much it meant to uh, other people that weren't directly involved with the day-to-day football program. Uh, you know, the, the staff that were working tirelessly in the office, uh, you know, whether that's selling membership or answering phones or, uh, you know, working with the media, whatever it was, I actually got to absorb that, you know, leading up to the finals, uh, you know, uh, and then the grand final and then the amount of work you know, that people went through to make sure that, you know, the most important people, the players and staff, that their families are there and all that. And, you know, what about these people? You know, who's uh, who's who's underneath supporting them? Uh, and then that was possibly, a, you know, it, it dawned on me. I, I had a, a greater um, respect for, not respect, I had a greater effect for what it meant to other people. You know, and as a player, you don't recognise that. And I didn't recognise that. And I possibly didn't recognise it the first time. But, you know, uh, you know, uh, addressing the fans after the game and, you know, seeing these, all the staff members that, you know, and that's, you know, Victor do that unbelievably well, that, you know, all the staff members and their partners were up at the game. And, and there was a shortage of hotel. Like, it was just carnage. And, and seeing them being able to uh, enjoy the moment also, but make them from there on in, you know, make them understand that they were part of this. You know, they were just weren't employees. You know, you, you know you're a person in the, in the organisation. Uh, and, you know, at this, this moment right here, right now, you're just as important as the guy, uh, you know, who scored the goal or the guy who saved the, the, the goal or whatever it is, you know, you're just important. And, and that gave me a different perspective of, um, you know, what uh, enjoyment it brings to so many people. Yeah, uh, I like yeah. that a lot. On the downhill running, mate, couple of questions to go. Mm. I, um, one's really about culture. I think uh, I read a, um, an article by the um, 
by you or the, the maybe it was the, the Yoke Harbour president that the, the, the club, when you got the gig, they told you that they had a football philosophy. So mm. they employed you to, to keep that philosophy going. Is, yeah. is that the, 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 some people call the Ange ball? It, yeah. But it's more than that because they don't, they, they don't want what Ange had. They want to grow and improve yeah. that. Is, is that was that cultural thing really evident when you started, and yeah. and how do you how do you go about growing yeah. that? W without doubt, guys, and it, it I mean I had to, I went through a process, um, uh, you know, a couple of uh, uh, interviews uh, in in getting the job, um, and it wasn't uh, it wasn't something that you you know you were told prior to the interview, but <laughs> I'm, I'm not naive and I've done. Yeah. quite a bit of research and, and like I said, I'm, you know, been you know, watching the team and, and, and more, more and more Japanese football since Anne's arrived. So I was well versed on, uh, and that's why I felt really comfortable about, uh, and obviously come across that way in the interview because uh, I, I, I really, I really felt that within and, and that, you know, they're, they're on a certain party and, and it's so enjoyable to everybody. Um, it's so enjoyable to the to the fans, and it's so enjoyable to uh, the, the players. It's so enjoyable, you know. Japanese football are proud of uh, you know what what Ange's done and what Yoko. So I knew that that was the case, um, and it was actually based on. It was actually nice to know that you know you're you're being interviewed here based on you know not what your philosophy is. It's based on you know what. The, the, the football club's philosophy is and the vision that they outline because uh, if 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 it wasn't aligned with mine then I, I wouldn't be sitting here it's that's uh, there's, there's no uh, hesitation in me saying that but having then got the job and then arriving here and then speaking to anyone uh, that you speak to you actually feel it guys you, you feel it you know you, you can see it but you know greater than that you can feel it uh, you know they 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 really uh, you know want you to you know play an attacking brand of football, but a certain style of attacking football as well, guys. Because uh, you know we were we were an attacking team. You know, as, to use as an example, we were an attacking team at, at Victory. That uh, we were really really aggressive and, and really you know direct. I'm not saying long, but I'm saying we were we we were very aggressive and direct. Where it's an it's it's a it's a different attacking football here where. You know, we want to dominate the ball. And uh, and then you get here and you go, well, you know, the president says, well, you know, you're, you're coming and you're, uh, you know, you're not here to, uh, you know, do what we've done. You're here to, you know, continue and grow what we've done, as you as you mentioned. And you start, you know, thinking of ways to do that. And then there were some metrics that, uh, you know, as a group we sat down and, you know, I wanted to try and improve in certain areas, uh, you know, certain areas where we have the ball and, uh, and, and those type of things. Uh, and then, and, and going back to what we discussed earlier, that's, but that's, that's only normal, guys. I wasn't daunted by that because it comes back to the evolution that we spoke about. You know, if you stand still, someone's catching you up and taking you and, and going past you. So, um, so now, of course, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a big, big task, obviously, uh, uh, to, to be able to grow that, but uh, it's not something that you, you want to grow you know, drastically overnight, there's small little increments, small little steps uh, that you can do to grow that. 
uh, and and personnel as well. You know, we've lost some players, so uh, you know things might look a little bit different based on the characteristics of the individuals. But uh, underpinning all that, the the, the principles of uh, of this football club will be a legacy of Ange uh, going on for many 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 years. I hope. Well, let's hope it's a legacy of Ange and uh, and Muskie as well. That'd be that'd be a good combo for Japanese and Australian football. Trying to, trying to contribute, as I'm trying to contribute. <laughs> All right, mate. Final question. If you had one piece of wisdom you could give to coaches mm. that are on their journey, maybe well down on the path, just starting, but if there yeah. was one piece of wisdom that you could share with coaches, what would that be? Yeah. Mm. Uh, trying to think of... Um, trying to think of something that you know, I've been through firsthand myself, so it's, it's actually information that, that I've found useful so then you know it's it's been lived through. Yeah. I think that the, the the bit of wisdom for me is you know there was a moment in time where I realized this this is uh, how I want to play this is what I want to do I want to be a coach and, and this is how I want to play uh, and uh, and then find out what 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 your beliefs are what your you know non-negotiable what, what what you know this is the way you want to play you know, uh, you know, dedicate everything you can to to making your belief unshakable in in what how you want to go about things, how you want to be perceived, how you want to be seen, because you know, because we nowadays we talk, we you know people talk about you know my philosophy and this and that, and I, and I go, I don't shouldn't really need to read your dissertation and your philosophy as to to know what your philosophy is. I should just be able to watch your team. And I go, well, this is Gaz's philosophy because I can see it last week, this week, next week. And then, so it's not, it's not written in words because uh, if that was the case, you know, anybody can really do it. So for me is, you know, find out, find out what your unshakable belief, you know, is in the way you want to play the game uh, and dedicate yourself to, uh, to leaving no stone unturned into getting the best you can possibly be uh, you know, what are the, you know, I've done it myself. I've, I've gone back and, I've, you know, draw up, you know, four, five, six, seven pillars. Uh, and I say, right, you know, this, yeah, I'm pretty good at that and pretty good at that. And to, to be able to bring my belief as strong as possible and then work on the ones that maybe you're not so good at, you know, to be able to increase and improve that. Because, you know, as I said earlier, if you stand in front of a group and you're, and you haven't got an unshakable belief in what you're just about to talk about, uh, you're wasting your breath because the dressing room is an uncompromising place. Uh, any classroom is an uncompromising place. Uh, you'll, uh, you'll be seen right through. Um, and, and like I said, you'll, you'll be wasting your time. But on the flip side, uh, if things don't go so well and something's not going great, you've always, always got that foundation that, unshakable belief in something to fall back on, right? Let's get back to there. This is what I believe in. This is what we're going to do. This is how to do it. Uh, and then when you come back and you address a group again, there's all of a sudden you're taking everybody on a journey with you. Uh, so if there's anything, if we find out what that unshakable belief is uh, and dedicate um, um, everything you've got to be able to, to, be able to transfer that information uh, to a group of people. What a wonderful place for us to leave that today. Kevin Musket, arigato. <laughs> Thank you very much, guys. I've enjoyed it. Uh, enjoyed it immensely. Thank you. Thanks, Muskie. 
If you'd enjoyed today's podcast and want to learn more about Football Coaches Australia, want to become a member, renew a membership, please visit footballcoachesorg.au. This show today has been brought to you by Football Coaches Australia and Making Media for Podcast Professionals. Have a great day. Thank you.